watching my fellow Americans with your host, Spike Cohen. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for tuning in. Clap for the very miracle. And thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to my fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. Uh, thank you for taking your break from social distancing to uh, to spend some time with us uh, this evening, uh, far away from you, where neither of us will touch each other. We've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, this is a Muddy Waters Media production. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Tw- Anchor, Twitter, Periscope, iTunes, Google Play, Float, Twitch, everywhere. And be sure to like us and follow us. Hit the five stars. However many stars there are, hit as many stars as there are. And hit the bell, if applicable, on YouTube and others. Uh, And be sure to share this right this very second. The last thing that any of us want is for your closest friends and loved ones to miss out on a roughly hour-long libertarian podcast on a Thursday evening. Give the gift of Spike Cohen today. Kids love it. This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Dad Bod Calendar, featuring some of the sexiest libertarian men in libertarianism. And uh, be sure to uh, get one of those today. It's only $12, including shipping at libertariandadbod.com. $12 shipped or $30 signed and shipped, libertariandadbod.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest-growing caucus in the Waffle Waffle House and in the Libertarian Party. Uh, Be sure to go to Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus on Facebook, 
uh, and join that group today. This episode is brought to you by Black Coffee, spelled B-L-V-C-K, because, of course, nothing nothing means anything anymore. So go to Black Coffee or Black Brews, B-L-V-C-K-B-R-E-W-S dot com today to get the finest cold-brewed organic coffee available on Earth. Uh, be sure to use the checkout code MW for free shipping. Uh, and then this episode is also brought to you by uh, the System Is Down podcast. Here's a little uh, a little promo about the System Is Down for you to watch, featuring our friend Dan Smolt, who you'll be seeing shortly. Uh, so take a, take a look at this. Hello there, humble podcast listener. Thank you for allowing me to interrupt my fellow Americans podcast. To inform you about my own podcast, The System Is Down. The System Is Down is a place where we are reviving the dying art of conversation by civilly talking about all the uncomfortable, taboo, and politically incorrect topics like conspiracies, politics, and religion. With amazing guests like Juanita Broderick, Tom McDonald, David Thibodeau, Kelly Jones, Greg Carlwood, Martin Jacques, Vermin Supreme, literally Spike Cohen, along with Flat Earthers, Pastors, Witches, Moon Landing Deniers, this lady who claims to be an alien cult leader porn star, this guy who says he was a literal vampire, and much, much more. There's a little something for everyone to be offended by. So if you're easily offended, then f*** off. The show isn't for you. But to the rest of you fine folks, just make a mental note, and when this show's over, go find The System Is Down podcast on any of the platforms, or by going to tsidpod.com and join me in changing the world one uncomfortable conversation at a time. Back to you, Spike Cohen. Thank you, Dan. And uh, this episode is also brought to you by the Jorgensen, Co- the Jorgensen Cohen 2020 campaign. Joe Jorgensen and I are working uh, on a campaign to set America free and to remove the barriers and burdens that the Republicans and Democrats have placed on us so that we can thrive and prosper in ways that don't even seem imaginable right now. And this episode, of course, is brought to you by South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster, who is, in fact, a bitch. I'd like to thank... Uh, I'd like, oh, and it's also brought to you by Chris Reynolds law, Chris Reynolds I don't have Chris Reynolds head here or else I would show it to you, but I don't have it. Uh, the intro and outro music to this and every episode of my fellow Americans is brought to you by the amazing and talented Mr. Joe Davi. That's J O D A V I go check out his Facebook, his SoundCloud, go to Joe Davi music.bandcamp.com buy his entire discography. It's like $25. You're going to be so happy to have that. I'd like to thank Kroger. For this delicious purified drinking water that I drink on this and most episodes of my fellow Americans, Bula Banaka. Shout out to Taron Turks and Mom and him as always. Folks, we have a really interesting show today. You asked for it, you got it, and I'm not, we're about to find out how this goes. Uh, uh, about a, what, two weeks ago now? Uh, I was, uh, I had uh, some fans and followers reach out to me and say, You better debate trapped. And I thought, why? I what? What has? Why? What? What is happening right now? And and so I did. I googled, trapped Spike Cohen, and discovered that yes, there was in fact a, a beef between trapped and several tens of thousands of my followers for some reason. And so uh, I reached out to Chris Taylor Brown, the uh, the lead singer of Trapped, and. Uh, Decided we were going to have a, a nice discussion here to talk about the differences between our ideas and policies, the differences between economic nationalism and uh, and uh, libertarianism, and, and probably some other subjects. And uh, I brought on someone to uh, to help, uh, for lack of a better word, moderate things and just be able to you know bring in viewer comments. I think uh, neither I nor Chris are going to be able to keep up with that. So uh, here we are. And so without further ado, I would like to make my introductions. Uh, first, oh, here we go. So first, he is the host of the System Is Down podcast uh, and also the head of Goulash Media. He is Dan 
smots, smolt. What are we going by? Smolt, smots. What are we doing? Okay. Smots. Dan Smots, and he is the lead vocalist of Trapped. Uh, he is Chris Taylor Brown, who I'm looking at his kitchen right now. We. Oh, okay. We are current. Yeah, we're. You have a, a beautiful. Okay, we are. That's a beautiful kitchen, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me uh, this evening. Yeah, thank you for having me, Spike. Pleasure to be here. I'm I'm like super excited to hear, you know, what a libertarian, like for like the the, the main like soul of a of a libertarian United States uh, administration would look like, knowing that. A lot of libertarians would just want to be left alone. Right. Well, that is the core of what like libertarians That's like the main core question I have is how do you do that? Because it's almost an oxymoron. You know? It's like why why is that? You're going to be a huge government and have power over a huge amount of people. And at the same time, you're going to figure out how how do you not have that power? You know? Well, that's actually not the... You know? It's like they, they take more power... And more power every four years, you know? Well, and that's the problem. And that's what we seek to do is actually get into positions of government so that we can start undoing that power and undoing the bad centrally planned policies of the Republicans and Democrats so that we can go back to something more intentioned, which is the, you know, giving that power back, taking it away from the politicians and the bureaucrats and the the well-heeled billionaire cronies who have bought and paid for them to be in office and give that power back to the people where it belongs. How would you guys – I think the main crux of all that is how do you deal with the percentage of our country that they don't have the skills and education that's really going to make them the kind of money they're going to need without getting help? So what is your main strategy to deal with the bottom 20 percent of, of people? Because that that literally a whole – political revolution start out of how do you help the people at the bottom of course and and yet and yet those people who come out with that stuff use that for power in general and that's it and they don't even help those bottom 20 percent, but they say they will so like if no one ever needed help then there would be no communism but apparent but people do need help you know so and and if you if you're the type of person can can be productive. You you want to keep as much of that productivity as you can, mm-hmm. right? But with the the precursor being that you need a peaceful environment to do your your work or your job or whatever you do, you know. So you you need some type of law enforcement. So right there, you have to give up a certain amount of freedom. And I, I don't know that libertarians are on board with that idea enough to be taken seriously by Democrats or Republicans. And that, so, that's just the way I look at it, you know, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, rip on anybody, but it's that it just, what I've seen that, that libertarians want is more of a idealistic, you know, utopian pipe dream kind of thing. 
No, what libertarians really want is to dismantle the reason that the people are in the bottom 20% to begin with. So, for example, I've gone around to housing projects, liberal arts colleges, uh, technical colleges. I've talked to people of all different stripes, most of them on the lower rungs of the economic ladder. And what I've heard over and over again is the problem isn't that they have a lack of skills or ability to get ahead. The problem is that, you know, when we tell them to, for example, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, what we don't tell them is that the bootstrap license costs anywhere from twenty to $100,000. So, for example, when I went to housing projects and I talked to people there. Everyone had a side hustle. Everyone was trying to get ahead. The problem was that if they wanted to get ahead, the Democrats and the Republicans had put occupational licensing and other regulatory burdens and taxes in place to make it functionally impossible for them to be able to legally be able to do well. Hold hold on, hold on, hold on. I I, I gave you quite an opportunity to to give your discussion. I am trying to answer your question. So uh, So when I talk to these folks, these were people, they were doing everything from braiding hair to food service to handyman work and everything in between. And it was illegal what they were doing because they couldn't afford the licensing. These were licenses and regulations and burdens that were put in place by both Democrats and Republicans and enforced by the militarized police state that they put in place. So when they saw the police, they didn't see people that were protecting them or keeping them safe or helping them. What they saw were people who were making sure that if they ever got ahead too far and actually were able to get out of housing projects and able to get out and thrive and prosper, they would be put right back down where the cronies and the bureaucrats and the politicians wanted them. So going to when you say what libertarians want, what libertarians want is to simply allow people to have their power back and to have their property and their rights back so that they're able to actually thrive. And of course, people are still going to need help, which is why we think that the Republicans and Democrats should stop making it illegal to feed the homeless or to help addicts or to do pretty much anything else without spending tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars in various compliance costs to the federal, to these local states and in some cases the federal government. What a lot of people don't realize is that... They, go ahead. Nobody likes regulations. I, I, I didn't want to interrupt... When I was interrupting earlier, I was basically just going to say I totally agree with you. The AMA has has been the sole reason why we have the healthcare costs we have. The the right AMA now. or the 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 American Medical Association. Well, I mean, there's many reasons for it. If you look at the history it's the of healthcare, main reason when you're talking about barrier to entry for new newcomers, it's the lobbyists. They all make an association. Mm-hmm. And every single thing you can possibly make money at, and they try to keep the barrier to entry for newcomers as hard as possible. Absolutely. Every industry does it. Every single industry, mm-hmm. not one industry, does not do this. Yep. Every single one does. So it's almost like the American way. Well, so it's and it's the American I, way I precisely reality, because I live in reality, and that's hey, the reality guys, I live in. guys, not not to cut in, but. Uh, Chris, I've had people, several people in the our chat section say, "How do we know that this is him?" So, just, uh, is there a way that we can <laughs> that we can get your camera turned a little more towards you, oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. so we don't keep getting that same question? People think that we're up to something shady here. <laughs> My hair. Are, are you able to uh, turn it in such a way that you're you're in front of it the whole time? Um. Then I. I, I mean, I want my fans to see you guys. So, like, they they get they get a great view of you guys this way. But, you know, I mean, I can try and screw with it. Yeah, whatever works. Yeah, I mean, I just want them to see you guys. And, and I don't know, yeah. So, I mean, maybe yeah, so, I'll just pop my head over here. So Chris Every now is actually Chris also, is you simulcasting. Might want, you might want to address, uh, I've had a couple people ask in the chats, you know, how is this a debate, which we didn't really uh, 
discuss that very much. What, oh, you uh, mean the, the people that want us to just like go for blood and like rip, rip each other apart? Yeah, this is more of a discussion. Yeah, this is more of a discussion than a debate. As much as possible. Is that? Is that? Just ask them if that's what they want us to do. Of course, that's what they want us to do. They're the internet. <laughs> well, Have you met the internet? Then tell the internet <laughs> to fuck off. Yeah, that's that's not what we're going to be doing. We're going to be having a conversation about I know, about they, these and they issues. They really want to. They really want it to be that. Yeah. No, they said that, you know they want me to destroy a lot of libertarians like going that route, and it's 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 tough to see that you know like really, you guys want to want to rule you guys want to like get some power and all that, and this is the way you treat people. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's, that's I mean that's to be fair fine. that's internet culture. I don't I don't think that's anything exclusive to libertarians. I think that the uh, political spectrum on on the internet is one of the best places to go to learn to hate people uh because that's Uh, i mean that's that's how people have that that shield of anonymity and they 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 tend to often use it which is why i what we've been doing in our group is actually encouraging people we're trying to encourage an actual like a culture of kindness to actually reach people where they are talk to them from their precepts Um, and and try to push forward uh, the trap page that's that's for damn sure well, and that's that's unfortunate. And uh, you know, again, we. Hey, uh, I'm a I am a trapped fan and a libertarian. And the, this shirt I'm wearing uh, is a bit of a joke. Well, look, not look, a Trump we, we already but. we already let these douchebags get into our our, <laughs> our freaking conversation. So let's never do that again. You know what I mean? So going back so to for, the for the, those people that that go, are trying to you know get us to to go at each other's jugglers. Yeah, I have no intention of doing that. But going back to what you were saying, one of the reasons that in the U.S. we have such a problem with lobbyists is precisely because all of the power, the Republicans and Democrats have concentrated all of the power in government, in the federal government and in the state and local governments. So if you're a wealthy, well-heeled business person and you want to preserve your market share and stop others from competing, instead of having to innovate and, and, and provide value to the people, to the market... Instead, you can just make an end run around all of that and just go straight to government. It, it is a system of patronage. Okay, well, so, so what what would you say to the people who go, dude, that's exactly what the Rockefellers and the J.P. Morgans and all those people did even worse in the early 1900s? It's actually better now for the average American to somehow make it in, in the world than it was then. No, the, so, the actual so the gap between wealthy and poor is the highest it's ever been and has been growing ever since the yeah. Federal Reserve was created. So what we are told about in those times, there were well, a handful it, well, of people, since, but also you the at, you have to look at the the uh, the World War Two. Mm-hmm. The reason we had the 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 boom that we had was because all of Europe was in tatters, just destroyed. No one else was going to be an exporter, so we were in the U.S. in the fifties and sixties, and we got pretty damn spoiled to the point where in the 70s and 80s and 90s our our multinational corporations uh you know basically bought puppet politicians into making these free trade deals that basically imported or exported our middle class to all the poorest countries in the world and no so China this is actually a, a trend yeah so this that. is actually a trend that's been going on long before that it actually started with the federal reserve and the income tax one uh, is when it started no, it started in 1913. It started with the Federal Reserve and the income tax. Two things happened no after those were implemented. Deal. One they is that deal. we had uh, a war with World War One that happened the next year, and we've been at war ever since. And the other thing that happened uh, is that we have had constant inflation during that time. And then the other thing that's happened is that we have had a, a system of patronage that has happened where lobbyists have control of government at the top. Um, so there's a, a little bit of a, of a myth that's easily debunked by looking at the data uh, that during World War II there was this resurgence of jobs 
drops. What we what we actually saw was a bit of a recovery from what was the equilibrium prior to the uh, uh, prior to World War II happening, and actually before that, prior to the uh, the Great Depression. Uh, another thing that happened was that the government uh, did massive subsidies in the form of the FHA for well only for white families, but for the majority of white. A majority of American families where they basically subsidized everyone's housing by giving them homes, uh, suburban homes for anything from eight to $10,000, which in today's dollars should be something like eighty to $100,000 for homes that at the time were worth anywhere from one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000. So you saw uh, all of the American people being given essentially instant equity uh, at the expense of the future debt and the taxpayer. So there was a lot of patronage happening and there was a lot of payouts that were happening, but it also led to massive debt and it also led to the institutionalization and creation of a system whereby the American people look to government when, when for you, their help. When do you think, when do you think out of the last 100 years, it's been about that since the IRS Act started, out of the last 100 years, you know, um, how much of that time could a family support itself on one income? Just one person in that family making enough money to support a family of five, mm-hmm. six, Seven sometimes. When was the only time in history, in American history, that that could be done? That was the reality up until the 1960s. That up that was, I mean, the, the average, 70s, the average when we family. We sold our middle class out. That was it. Was but it. see again, that so was what destroyed our middle this class. This is factually inaccurate. Nothing so this is actually 50s and 60s were yeah. great, weren't they? No, but they 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 weren't great. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. So it is a historical myth that is easily what, debunked by what, data what that demonstrates is, that the the uh the reality for those families, for the average American family prior to said it ended in the 60s. So you agree it, but with it was the, the no, I don't, 60s. because you're saying that it started in the 50s. I'm saying that the reality no, 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 of I'm human saying, existence two, in the United States was that uh, American households uh, were able to be supported on one and sometimes a secondary, much yeah, smaller one, income. One income. That reality decade, existed until the 60s and 70s. What decades could that be done? Where kids and the wife didn't actually have to work either. Up until the 60s, but it didn't start in the 50s. The 50s up were simply a continuous. I'm saying the 70s screwed us with the trade trade deals. No, what I'm saying is that this was something that started long before that, and it was a trend that continued on even through the 50s, which you're telling us was okay, a great heyday period. Trend. And it, explain that trend. I, what I other did. what other than the free trade deals would have caused that? The free trade deals were actually a, a, a net contributor to the American household. They were able to actually afford products again. It wasn't so trade deals goal, that caused the problem. Person? The problem you, were you, the, the regulations and the burdens and barriers and taxes that were put in place uh, as a result of a larger and ever-increasing government are at the federal at the level with the Federal Reserve and the income tax. That, and trade spike? I am a supporter of people being able to trade with whomever they want. I, I'd like to go so back you're, to, you're to a your- You're a free trade globalist. I am in favor of people being able to trade with whomever they wish. I don't think that government has any business telling you who you should be able to trade yeah, with. So we, yeah, we're a huge, huge disagreement on that. We are. I'm, I'm driven by data. Um, but not you know, by you know that you know that China totally engages in mercantilistic, uh, and so does the United States. I mean, you, you're complaining that you know our corporations use our government to ba- you know aid themselves. Absolutely, which is totally what China does. Even more, mm-hmm. maybe two or three or four or five times more. I don't know exactly. I can't quantify it exactly. Way more than we do in the U.S. Yep, absolutely. So, you, so we're we're actually tra- you're trying to we're trying to fight uh, a, a global trade war against a, a country, and we're trying to use ideals 
as to why we no. shouldn't do certain things. This is a fucking war, dude. This no, is a it's, war. it's not. The, so what it's we have war, is bro. we have uh, we have corporations that have created here, regulations have that have made it damn battleground, dude. OK, that's not going to be good for American people. No, so you're describing a war on the wrong fronts. The the front is with the cronies that have created the laws. War, so you can do that. A real war. Um, you can definitely do that on your side, but the guys again, when everybody's talking, we can't hear either of you. So yeah, so, try so, uh, your best to emotions. take turns. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> again, so so what we have here is when cronies have created these regulatory burdens and these taxes and all of the barriers that they've used that they basically use the government to create, they have made American labor and American doing business in America increasingly unaffordable. I don't and then, disagree with, with the, at all. That's no, good. So no as I was continuing, the what happens as a result of that uh, is they then take their their labor with and and uh, and their jobs and their headquarters and move them over to dictatorial regimes across the world. Uh, and then they allow uh, and they and they create relationships uh, where they're able to use basically sweatshop slave labor and then import those those goods yeah, back here. Trump the, is actually the doing problem, something to reverse that. He actually hasn't. So uh, the uh, trade he, deficit has NAFTA gone up over 150 that, billion. Yeah. Now, but it's I, so you can do that on you can do that on your side. The uh, what uh, Trump has actually done is increase the trade deficit by roughly $200 billion since he's been in office, because what we are told is, is economic nationalism actually doesn't work. They don't work. Economic nationalism is really just a doubling down of the failed government policies that have made uh, American labor and American businesses unaffordable uh, and have allowed the multi-billionaire cronies to simply move their bases of production to places uh, where they have left it affordable and then importing it back here. Tariffs don't do that. Tar tar but what tariffs do, but they don't. But what tariffs do is they raise the pro cost of the goods and services that we buy. So, but again, that's not what they do. When we introduce new taxes, which is what tariffs are, when we pr put a new tax on something, we simply make it unaffordable for Americans. It doesn't make doing business here affordable. It just makes it more unaffordable to do it over there. So you're screwing over the American consumer as a result of it. Spike? There was uh, inflation so has, gone, has been an average of 3% in the last three years. I, here's the problem, Chris. I, I need you to use data. So if you're saying things that are factually inaccurate, I have to correct you. So the inflation you rate in the last what, three years when, has been roughly 3%, which is roughly what with the national the average. He's also increased the uh, national debt uh, by – he is uh, slated by the end of this year to have that's increased another, the national debt by close about. to $10 let's trillion. Dollars. Okay, well, let's talk about trade. Donald Trump has increased the trade deficit by $200 billion since he's been in okay, office. Tell, tell us why that's bad. Tell us why that's bad? Yes. Tell my fans why that's bad. A trade deficit is reflective of, of where goods and services are, are flowing to and from. The, the problem isn't the deficit itself. The problem is the fact that under Trump, as well as under Obama and Bush and everyone else, American labor and American businesses continue to become increasingly unaffordable. You're looking at the wrong problem. The problem isn't them moving the jobs overseas. The problem is the regulatory burdens that were put in place that made it where that was a better way to do things in the first place. If you remove those burdens and those barriers and those taxes, not only won't it be affordable, yeah, I, more I affordable to so bring the jobs over. So then uh, let's let me, do that. Let me say, let me You're say, talking say about it, it, fixing a problem okay. by increasing taxes. Let's, let's, That's like saying that we should fix right. the health care problem in this I, country I, I by making putting the government exactly in charge of health care. Where we agree, and we agree on a lot. So, Absolutely. So here we go. So basically, you, you, so regulations suck. The, government's, the government doing anything sucks. So let's just, let's just uh, admit that. 
if they do anything, it's going to suck for the individual. But that's, that's because right. a government is a group thing. A government is how do I preside or govern over a lot of people? So the individual is not going to matter as much. It's just the way it is. Sorry. Right. So, so knowing that, we go, what, how can we have government do what is necessary to be, no, to be no, powerful, no, to be a powerful country? And that gets a lot of benefits with it, too. How can we do that while giving as, the individual as much freedom as possible? That's what I, what I would imagine is your position. No, my position is you, you, you were starting good there. My position is because government is bad at doing things, we shouldn't look to them for solutions. We have seen what the government but solution they, here but is. They're they the made... ones who protect us, protect our lives. From Except they don't. You just government. said that they don't. They don't protect our lives. They don't protect our livelihood. Dude, what they do is on, create man. barriers and impositions and laws that make it harder for us to prosper and thrive. They are and the problem. The cronies a, that leverage them are the problem. Other they aren't our have. solution and they aren't our protector. Okay. So just tell me what here. Okay. Say Mexico wants to come kill us. What happens? <laughs> what, what happens happen? is that they get stopped by by us. If yes, Mexico yes, wants to come us. kill, why? Okay, by why? Us. What? Where? Where are these Mexicans that are coming? To, where is this Mexican army I'm, coming I'm to kill us? Using an analogy, bro. Just an no, analogy. but I'm I, because it's. I could say, what if the the freaking Meekmocks come from the sky to yeah, kill yeah. us? It's absurdity. Aliens, there is no. There's if, nothing. If aliens attack us, what yes. are we gonna do? Okay. We're going to use our army, right? As you said, we're talking about trade, but again, you, now that we're talking about the the, the Mexicans know, and the know, aliens know, coming we to have kill to us, at least say government does one thing, and that is protect us from outside threats. If they do anything, it's that one thing. I mean, they failed at that as well. But the, the bottom line saying, is, what even putting that aside, right, guys, I'm, I'm, guys, 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 hold up. Uh, when you guys are both talking, nobody can hear either one of you, so there's really no point in overlapping. And it, I, this isn't a debate, obviously, but I do have a bell here. If we need a, you know, you're the man. Uh, you're talking over time. <laughs> you want to you use the bell? You're, I'll listen to that bell anytime. It, if I can't understand what's being said, I'll ring the bell because that means most likely nobody else can understand either. Okay. For everybody's okay. sake. That's the that's the, that. the, the that's the bell. Go ahead. Well, we're, we're getting somewhere here. We're getting somewhere here, and and and, and it's and it's. Like we're pretty damn close. It's just, what does the federal government really do? Do they, in my opinion, they protect us from foreign invaders, and that's physically for to our bodily harm and economically, just okay, as much, just okay, as important. You, you choosing to buy something from Walmart that is made in China is not an invasion. That is you engaging. I think, engaging that, I think in that is against your fellow American. Like you've never. Like, I am uh, certain it, I mean, that uh, I am looking at so your kitchen much. right now. At least 50% of what I'm looking at in your kitchen is made somewhere else. So are I you going against it's your fellow up. Americans by, I by? I mean, again, we're I looking at, I'm I looking. Did, I literally am. I'm okay. going against my fellow Americans to do things. And, and because who, they, I don't know, I don't know of any, uh, if there's an American uh, speaker maker, I'll buy from them. I, I honestly before at Yamaha, <laughs> but I just but don't know of an American speaker system. So then let's make that a reality. Let's get rid of the regulations yeah, like that make it where it can't happen. Say, no, tariffs. tariffs. Okay, so tariffs, hold, hold on a second. Hold, hold on. I, I want to give you an analogy here. Just let me give you an analogy. Let's the say that, so okay, expensive. there are two All lemonade stands. Okay, no, hold on. There's, there's two lemonade stands. So there's a lemonade stand right here in front of me, and there's a lemonade stand uh, a mile down the road. And so I 
uh, put a bunch of taxes and burdens on and barriers on this lemonade stand that make it so that their lemonade that used to cost 10 cents now costs a dollar. And the lemonade down the road costs 20 cents. And I go, I'll fix this. And so I put a 90, per, 90 cent tariff on that. So now the, the lemonade over there is a dollar 10. That didn't make this lemonade any more affordable. That, it just made that lemonade dollar? slightly more unaffordable, which means everyone that's having to consume lemonade is now paying 10 times more, actually more than 10 times more than they'd be paying if I just got the hell out of it in the first place. And that's the yeah, point. Little, Government little makes things unaffordable. Than the rest of the world. Little Susie would be doing much better if I hadn't made her, her uh, lemonade so expensive in the first damn place, which is my point. If I simply got out of the way, if government simply got out of the way, there wouldn't be a need for tariffs because things and the consumer wouldn't be getting screwed over in the process. I agree. Can I tell you one thing? I agree with you. And go back to your Chinese kitchen. Let's do the trade deals my way. But there's no need for it. No regulations inside the United States. And then the only regulations outside the United States is how bad is this country going to fuck our middle class? Except there wouldn't be any need for it. The whole the middle class is getting screwed by the regulations. The trade the is simply a natural reaction to, of the market to the fact though. that it's okay. But again, if it's that's already what, it, it's not more them. affordable to have work done on the other side of the planet and then brought here in tankers. That's not an efficient way of doing things. It's only more affordable because of the regulations that the Republicans and Democrats, no, including Trump, have put it's in the place. Cost yes, of it living is, that. is way low in the Philippines. But that's way offset by the cost of importation. <laughs> All right, we've got a, a hey, comment from XB Passive. Uh, jokes on both of them. Apparently, lemonade is illegal in my state, according to that uh, Country Time Lemonade post. Let's Just thought cost, I'd weigh in with that. Cost of living. Can we talk about that cost of living? We can. It's so, offset by the, the cost US of importation. And in China and then Mexico and different cheap labor sources. Can we talk about the cost of living sure. in those places versus sure. the United Let's, States? Yes, we can talk, talk about, about the that, fact Mike. that it is offset by the cost of importing it back here. There's no cost savings happening no, from it's making not something. Even close, dude. It is. I'm again. Okay. You're not. This well, isn't we, being di- driven by data. We did NAFTA. We redid NAFTA. Do you think no, it will we, help at all? I think that it was a rewording of NAFTA that didn't really change anything. In fact, the one thing it did change was it made what steel much less affordable by making requirements on the percentages of steel that needed to be used, uh, even at a time when American steel providers and, and the people that are using steel in America are saying that those uh, uh, changes in the new uh, reworking of NAFTA uh, are actually going to make American products less affordable and make Americans more likely to buy exports. Again, you put government, who we both said doesn't do good things, in charge of deciding exactly how what percentages of products should be made in different places. And that's leading to the harmful and abusive and inequitable outcomes that we always come to expect from government right. as a direct result. I- again, going back to the lemonade thing, if Susie could simply sell her damn lemonade for 10 cents with me out of the way, there would be no need for me to stop uh, you know, uh, uh, Becky from selling the lemonade for 20 cents. It wouldn't matter. If someone wanted that lemonade, they, they could buy it for Becky, 20 cents. Let's they- talk about actual the U.S. MCA. So let me explain to you why we even did the UCMCA, United States, Mexico, Canada agreement, I Mm. guess, or whatever it's called. Uh, The whole point in what we did was that when we did the NAFTA thing in 94, what that set up was... Mexico and Canada being able to import a bunch of cheap parts that weren't fully made yet, assemble them, assemble them in Canada and Mexico, 
and then ship it in the United States to avoid the tariff. That was an unintended consequence that the, that that happens all the damn time in, in federal government. And boy, was that loophole used to screw American workers, to screw the American middle class. The barriers screwed the American worker. That. The whole and point that, that they were even happened. making it overseas in the first place and making that. it in other countries is because of the barriers here. If I make something unaffordable to do here and then people do it somewhere else instead because it's unaffordable to do here, that's my that's fault. Living factor in. What is fun? in Canada cost of living for the workers? The cost of living in Canada is almost the same as here. That's not that's not the problem. The problem in Canada isn't the cost of living. The problem in Canada, uh, the problem here compared to Canada is that the taxes are higher here. The corporate taxes are higher here. Uh, the, the 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 various business taxes that are in the U.S. Who's, are higher than in Canada. It's higher. I have Canada a home in Toronto. It costs Mexico. more to live in Toronto. The problem in, in in Canada is not cost of living. It's that or the the problem here relative to Canada isn't cost of living. The problem is that Canada has a more uh, a, a friendly environment for the crony businesses that set this up exactly for this because they want to keep American workers anxious. They want to keep Americans anxious and scared and not sure of, of where they're going to be able to get jobs so that they'll agree to being taxed for the stuff that they buy every single day. Instead of simply saying, it's the regulations that put you in that position in the first place. Get rid of those and there's no need for any of this garbage. There's no I need for a government to tell that. you. I want all those all those those regulations gone I, i'm with you on that completely okay. but are you tell you're gonna tell me you're gonna sit here and tell me that if i want to open up shop in china i can and i can basically have 20 workers making my stuff versus one worker if i open up shop in the it's United not States. the disparity you're is telling not me that, that has nothing to do with it i'm telling you that first of all the disparity is nowhere near that high it's not 20 to one and it, second of all i'm there, telling you that once you fact it's there I'm telling you that the what the actual disparity, which is more like three to one, is more or four to one, is actually okay, let's offset. Talk about the disparity. Let's talk about that. Let's actually talk. Yes, about and stuff. that disparity is far it. more than offset by the cost of importing it here, which is the point I'm making. The tariffs aren't helping anything. The tariffs are just making it even more unaffordable to live in the United States. Which, so, by the so way, it, when you so make what, it more livable, more affordable, unaffordable to live here, now you have people not just moving their bases of operation, they're moving entirely out of the U.S. Right. The how, people who can how, afford to do so United are now actually States moving out of the U.S. You've seen increasing number of upper middle and upper class people that are moving to Mexico and moving to Canada and moving to other countries because the cost whoa, of living whoa, whoa, here is getting whoa, 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 higher and higher and higher. a whole different thing now. So, no, so, it's not because uh, it all feeds into the same thing. When you keep increasing no, the cost of living I as a result of barriers and burdens this. and taxes it gets There's more and more United expensive that is the problem what's that you're saying the, the united states cost of living is too high i'm saying that government has driven up the cost of living in the united states to unlivable levels for an increasing number of people yes okay so what do you think in three big policy moves the, that the united states government could make like how Trump did just gutted regulations overnight. You had to have loved that. When he first took office, he just It was largely window dressing and it led to a net increase in regulation. You realize there are more regulations okay, in place so, now so than when Trump came into office. He's, he's not doing anything but the, the globalists, uh, what they want. I'm saying that he is continuing the trend that has been going on with Republicans and Democrats. The difference is he fed populist red meat no, no, to that, his that, base. That trend is screw the middle class. It's screw everybody, but especially, yes, uh, the lower and middle classes, absolutely. who could actually have good jobs and then, you know, got those jobs sold out to other countries. Yeah. That's, that's who I care about mostly. 
most. Then why are you pushing for policies that led to their getting screwed over in the first place? Okay, so so when economic I nationalism is part deal, of a larger left right okay. rope a dope that the American people one, are exposed to, where they are told that oh the government's fighting uh, for you against the globalists and we're going to put all these regulations in place that are going to stop right, them, me, and the me, American people just, go yay help us from fight the globalists, and then they put these regulations in place and it makes things even more expensive. One okay. at a time. One at a time. So, Settle down. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so the, the the free trade thing is is a big deal for me. So when you have rich country A, America, mm-hmm. and poor country B, China, and they do a deal between themselves where neither of them are going to charge tariffs, and actually China's actually going to tar- charge way more tariffs than the United States, mm-hmm. which I'll ask you about later. What do you think is going to happen to the rich country's middle class? If they've put barriers in place that made it unaffordable to do country uh, no, 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 uh, business, no, 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 but that's, no, no. no you're, you're setting, uh, you're setting no a, a question There's without no putting all the factors in. This free trade deal. Mm-hmm. That's it. This free trade deal, absent barriers in the U.S., would not make a big difference because it would simply allow people to be able to trade freely as they wish, but it wouldn't lead to this massive suck of jobs and labor and, and investment from the U.S. into China if it wasn't for what led to that and for, to what, what, what caused that to, to lead to what we have in the first place, which is those no, barriers and burdens We're only and talking about we're isolating one or two. We're isolating basically one point here, and it's rich country A yes. does a Free trade deal with with poor country B. What happens to the middle country A's middle uh, A country A's middle class? What happens? Theoretically? Nothing. If there's no burdens and barriers in place, nothing happens. You're pretending so that you're the, the, that the what you're telling me what you are. T- hold on. I'm answer, excuse me. You're an, I'm answering your question. I'm answering your question. The problem. The, hold on. I am answering your question. The problem with your question is that it presupposes that the only reason that that the trade is leading to the jobs going from one country to another is just because they're richer, and we have. Yeah, no, no. we have multiple studies demonstrating that that is not the case. The problem is that is the barriers and the burdens and the taxes that are in place here. The the cost of living difference, which is nowhere near what you're trying to say that is to what what, 20 to one. It's nowhere near that. It's like four to one or three to one. That is more than offset by the cost of bringing it back over here. And so no, you can do that on yours. The, The what is happening as a result of that is that we are because of those barriers and burdens that are being put in place of course they're moving somewhere else but that thing would not be more affordable if we had simply removed those barriers and burdens and taxes here and that's the whole point we both want the same thing the difference is that i'm attacking it from its source you're attacking it from its consequence have a have a a theoretical world where country a does a free trail with country b Mm -hmm. what it what if the the richer country, will it have a better deal on a free trade deal or if it was the poorer country? Both countries would have a better deal. I can ask you. No, this is both the most co- simple question I can ask. A- yes, and absent absent those barriers, they would both have. A, it would be good for both people. There's no. It, it would not be a zero sum situation. You it would be equal for both middle classes of both countries. One one is going to benefit a lot more than the other one. 
Absent those barriers, no. Absent those barriers, the country, what can be done better over here and what can be done better over here would be able to, people would be able to do better as a result of that. For an entire country to say, I'm going to do everything internally is not an efficient way of doing things. It is better to allow people to find through a free market of, 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 of having as many choices as possible to be able to come to the All best right. value I think, that I think they have. We're boring people with this one. Let's go to cops. Let's go to uh, immunity. Um, okay, yeah, I, I'll let Why, you lead on this because I don't. I don't even know what you think on this. Hold on, hold on. I'm I'm the unofficial moderator. I'll ask the question. Care about this a lot. Hold up, hold up. I'm the moderator. I'll ask the question. <laughs> what do you think of cops, guys? Go I'll ahead. let Chris start. Okay, I, I think uh, cops are our last line of defense between us and pure anarchy, and just them being there is a huge deterrent massive in china they have five million soldiers that fight their wars and and bit, most of them are inner inner country policemen so because they and have that's a lot good? of freaking people there wait is that wait are you that's saying serious. that's good no no no. i'm not saying this is good. Oh, okay 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 it is bro okay so that's what they have that's not good at all okay um uh i mean where was i at I totally forgot what I, what I was talking about before you. You, you were saying the police, that. the police, our They're, police. Yes. Okay. okay. Great. So our police. Yeah. So if if you don't have police, it's a free for all craziness. Mm-hmm. So and and we know one percent of our population is going to be psychopaths. They don't care about rules. You know. I guess psychopaths and sociopaths are the same thing. Maybe some are more violent than others. I don't know. But one percent of the population is just going to not going to care about your rules. It's just not, and that's why the other ninety-nine percent doesn't understand that. So you got your, you got this group of people who are willing to fight against that one percent, and the other ninety-nine percent are like, "Screw that! I'm not. I don't want to deal with that," um, because just a few people can make a whole community's life really a pain. That's uh, what the, these cops are do, willing yeah. to do that, and that's why they get more uh, than than the average American. Okay, so, so I, I, I just on the same I, level. I just told you why I think they're on different levels. Okay, so I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. You're saying that the flack that police are getting is because they are they're getting flack from the people that they are protecting the other ninety nine percent of American society from. That's that's where all I that's think, coming I, from. I think that they're they're protecting ninety nine percent of society, and that the the mainstream media convinces half of those ninety nine percent that cops actually are not protecting them. That's what I think is happening. Okay, you don't think that the data showing disparities in uh, use of force and sentencing? I will show you data that says there is absolutely no systemic racism in the police departments and that it's more likely a a black dude gets killed by a black or Hispanic cop over the last five years. Do you want to dispute that? I, I would definitely dispute that. And I would ask you, for example, when we know that... You're going to have to show those numbers because I have done dug deep on this. I've, I've also dug deep and not come to that conclusion. PNAS.org and look for no systemic racism in U.S. police departments. And we even had the Wall Street Journal uh, put a, put an article about it. So, so you're telling me you're you're disagreeing with with Heather McDonald of the Wall Street Journal, right? I, what I, I don't know who Heather McDonald is. What I am telling you is that the average uh, American in this country, what, what we've seen, said. exactly. So you asked me a question, and I'm, I'm asking, I'm answering a question that you asked me. What I'm telling you is that we have 
years and decades of studies demonstrating that uh, police use of force against communities of color is higher than in white communities. Although, if you now make it, if you just uh, make it income level, uh, that disparity goes down quite a bit. So it, it's actually police use of force against people without power. But there is still uh, uh, somewhat of a, of a of a bias against people of, of color uh, in addition people to people who have less. People in those neighborhoods are committing the most crimes for the obvious reasons, right? Well, the what are the obvious reasons? Because uh, they're poor. Come but, but, on. Okay, wait, no. I, what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about higher crime. I'm talking about higher use of force. So, for example, a yeah, uh, a, a poor person or a person of color is roughly as likely as a person in the middle or upper classes and a white person to use drugs. The level of drug use is roughly the same across income levels. There's, there's, there's differences between them, but not large ones. And yet someone who is poor or a person of color is something like four times more likely to go to jail for it. Uh, similar things with guns. Uh, people of higher income levels and white people are actually more likely than people in lower income levels. Levels and people of color to own guns, and yet uh, there's something like a, a, four, a three or four fold increase in the number of, of poorer people and people of color that go to jail for gun ownership. So, and 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 going outside of the argument do, about do systemic know, racism why, or not, do you know why the uh, the mandatory minimum sentencing was done in the in the in the seventies eighties? Are we are we talking about for drugs or or for guns? Just just in general. So I, I know that, uh, the, I mean, this was all part of the war on drugs. We had Democrats and Republicans introducing mandatory minimum sentencing as, as an, a what continuation of the What was the main the reason drugs. they did that? Yeah, I, you, you tell me. I'm interested in your theory. It was to take racism out of it. Okay, can, and that's, you, but that's, that's also what hasn't happened. Why that would, that why that if, would happen? If that was the intention, then the exact opposite has happened, because what has happened is that we are seeing massive differences in, in, in disparities of, of conviction and sentencing for people of color. And that is because and, of the economic situation. And if that's the case, I, I, I'm not even... are I, facing. That's why they increase more... There's more crime being committed in those neighborhoods because they have no that, But that's choice. what I'm saying. There's not more crime being committed. There's more policing happening and more people going to jail over no, things. There's if more you look, crime happening, which leads to more policing. Every damn time. I'm so sick of this, this, like, oh, there's always a reason why there's a discrepancy other than, ra- than anything that could be perceived as racism. That's the problem in our damn country. No, the, the problem is no we have people that try to skew data to, to hide from what is an, an, an obvious fact, is that people who have less means, so the poor, the homeless, people of color, gender and sexual minorities, and so forth, are having more power used against them. They are not more violent. They are not more likely to commit crimes. And the types of crimes they that they commit are, are different. They are so, for example, if you're desperate. a wealthy person, you can simply have situation. the government hand you money from the taxpayer, well, and we don't call you're, you're that a crime. people in the more desperate situation aren't going to be committing more crimes? Come on, dude. Overwhelmingly, that's really? not really the case. No, yes, really. They're morally better people. If they're, they if they're being shit people. on like that, and they're still not you know, committing more crime, they're, they're damn good morally, pe- morally good people. Well, that's you but that said that. I certainly am not going to disagree with you on, on the fact that people generally morally try to do the right thing, regardless of their circumstance, yeah, regardless of how they're, they're being, being treated. Screwed, the harder it is to do that. 
okay. And that's why, again, when I was in housing projects, that's what I saw was people trying to crime. get ahead in life. Now, you would call that a crime because they were uh, running businesses without a license, and that, that is illegal. Uh, so I guess if you're calling that a crime, that. then yes, they were certainly doing so. But they weren't harming anyone. They simply had a business, and they were trying to get ahead. And your friends, the police, would show up that, and destroy everything and take their property with civil asset Bro, forfeiture. And then they'd end up in uh, they going to jail uh, for, for running a business. Right, but here's the problem. You're against the regulations. It's the police who come to enforce them. It is are the police for, who come. Are you for any regulation? How about murder? Are you for regulating murder? Of course, because, okay, let's, okay, we have to have a conversation now about officer. crime. So, you're, so I'm assuming you're not comparing murder to operating a business without a license, correct? No, I'm not. Okay, but so let's talk about let's talk about the things that should be crimes. So libertarians believe that something that is justifiably a crime is something in which someone has infringed upon someone's life, rights, all or property. Ideology. It's ideology. not ideology. It's it is the foundation of hey, what hey, should hey, or hey. should not be a crime. Yeah, Chris, you asked the question, and uh, Spike, give him a chance to give Spike a chance to uh, rebut. Okay, okay so sometimes I'm just going to come in there with a a one second thing. Okay, so what happens? So the reason something should be a crime is if it infringes on someone's life and their or their rights or their body or their property. So for example, murder, uh, 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 rape, kidnapping, uh, assault, theft, fraud. These are things where someone has created a victim in the wake of what they have done. That someone has been harmed against their will. Operating a business without a license, there's no reason for How about that to you be a crime. Come up with a victimless crime. Victimless crime, selling drugs. Operating a business without a license, engaging in sex work. That's that's completely, it depends on if, uh, you know, if that, why that drug, so if that drug's illegal, like, how about this? Uh, Legal drugs, those, those get people killed. Absolutely. Uh, We're we're talking freaking opiates. If someone chooses to put something in their body that kills them, the person that sold it to them didn't create a victim. In the same way, if I sell someone paint and they choose to drink it and die. the, The gang violence. The gang violence. The gang violence is a result of the black market that has been created by the war on drugs. So, for example, during Prohibition, uh, alcohol, which is now perfectly legal, you can go to a store and buy it or you can go to an ABC store and buy it. Back when during Prohibition, it was the gangs and the cartels who did it because they put that market in the black market. They gave that market to criminals and gave them a way to enrich themselves. So by by ending the the war on drugs... Go ahead. I I I always heard that the Prohibition was pushed by the Irish politicians... To make it illegal, and maybe with the Italian politicians too, but to make it illegal so they could all make a boatload of money off. That may very well be true. It certainly led to that. It certainly led to the mafia and the various other uh, criminal organizations doing it. And we see that now with the war on drugs. The reason that the gangs are the ones selling the drugs isn't because the gangs uniquely are good at selling drugs. It's because it's actually an inefficient way of selling something. The reason they're doing it is because of the black market that was created by the war on drugs. So perfect example. Yeah, and the war on drugs. Now drugs are something you buy at the store, you buy online, you buy wherever you want to, and you're not having to deal with a with a, a violent criminal element as a as a as a reaction. It makes communities safer to end the war on drugs. In the same way, it en- makes communities safer to end the war on sex work. You have a uh, trafficking, sex trafficking and pimps and everything in this entire uh, black market that victimizes people, including the actual workers themselves, because you've put it in the black market. You take it out of the black market. And now, and again, whether you want to do a drug or whether you want to engage in sex work or anything else, what you are doing is you are allowing people to voluntarily interact with each other, even, even if it's in a way you yourself would choose not to do, you wouldn't choose to do. You're taking the black market out of it, which takes the vast majority of the abuse out of it as well. Yeah, uh, look, like, as far as drugs go, 
Um, I'm in a, the lesser of two evils is no government regulation on that. Okay. So I'm, I'm, okay, I'm so we're on the completely same page in agreeance with you on that. Okay. So, so like, like, but would you, would you as, as a president, um, as an administration force states to recognize marijuana's legality? They're not going to. If you get rid of the, in the same way that with alcohol, when the when the federal prohibition of alcohol ended, so too did the state prohibition of alcohol. Because here's what happens: the reason they're doing it isn't because they necessarily want to. It's because because of the federal war on drugs, there's all this money that goes to police departments to enforce it. When all that ends, the states aren't going to want to enforce it. Why the hell would they want to put a bunch of people, uh, uh, you know, put them in prison and and, and spend all this money to, to enforce yeah. something that is not being reimbursed at the federal level? If we end the trickle down military militarization of the police uh, to enforce the war on drugs, then they're not going to want to do it. There'd be no reason for them to do it. And if some state says, you know what, we still want meth to be illegal. Okay, great. Make meth illegal. That's, or we still want heroin to be illegal, or we want to put X, Y, Z regulations on it. That's on them to do because they can choose to do that, but they're not going to get assistance from the problem with, with that police force using violence against anyone who didn't adhere to their drug policy. Well, I think that the I, I think that we need to be relooking at how we do policing in general in this country. That the concept of state top down state policing, where a central authority is determining that we are going to send people who are trained primarily to use violence in order to deal with a community that is largely trying to get along with each other. Not to enforce, for example, if if that entity exists only to stop people from committing rape and murder and and kidnapping and things like that, the very few of us are going to have any problem. Whenever someone, that's, whenever, the main, hold, hold, that's the, what they mainly deal with. No, it's not what they what the average police officer crime. does right now is uh is uh minor enforcement of citations for revenue collection and enforcing the war on drugs. Those are the two major things that police do on a daily basis. Is is minor you, citations you and giving people fines. And in the cops, the cops. I'm not. This isn't about. Okay, hold on. on this this isn't about blaming the police or the government. This is about changing policy so that what the police are doing is helping people instead of imposing upon them. But in the second, in the, in, in the second part of that is also wrong. holding abusive police accountable. So, for example, qualified immunity. We have had since the 1950s, we have had something in place that says that police officers and other government officials cannot be held accountable for infringing upon the rights of the American people if they decide, if that individual officer decides that what they did was perfectly reasonable. Chris, imagine if you Why could go to go, go to court. Allowed that. Why did they come up with that? To allow, to allow police to infringe upon the rights of civil rights protesters. That is what started it. Chris, imagine if you could go to, 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 you could go to court. People, man, right? Chris, imagine if you could go to court and you could say to the judge, Your Honor, I know I committed murder, but I think what I did was perfectly reasonable, and they dropped the charges. That's qualified immunity. Qualified immunity is what allowed Derek Chauvin to 17 other times infringe upon the rights of American people, including some wrongful death cases. He may have murdered people before he killed George Floyd. Why is the Supreme Court letting them do that? Libertarians are all about they use the Supreme Court supposed to use the the Constitution. What is in the Constitution that says that they can't do that, one, and why, two, is the Supreme Court going against what the forefathers, I would think that libertarians think that they meant for policing law enforcement, right? 
it was a terrible and egregious decision and has been moving forward from the 50s. Uh, they strengthened it in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Most recently in 2001, they added even an additional uh, increase on qualified immunity, saying that even if it could be shown that the person that, that, you know, that the officer violated the rights of the people and that they couldn't possibly be seen as reasonable, they can't be held accountable unless that exact same thing had already happened in that exact same district. These are terrible decisions from the Supreme Court. You have no disagreement with me on that. Okay, so what do you say to people who say, well, if you if we do what you want, Spike, cops are going to be afraid to act. And that means they weren't afraid to act until the 1950s. And if if Spike had not gotten his way, maybe that cop would have taken the other guy's life and not and your life wouldn't have gotten taken. No, police were not unafraid to act up until the 1950s. So that's that's I mean that's easily well, debunked. At some by the, point, they got afraid to act. Why? No, they're not going to be afraid to act because what they're going to be afraid to do is to infringe upon people's rights. They're not going to be afraid to act in the reasonable course of their duties. They're going to be afraid to not be to to not be good officers. I don't. What, what qualified I, I immunity allows that. to happen is I, for I, I when it when that's it when. Your position. I, I think it's not just my position. Afraid. It's 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 the reality of American policing up until the 1950s. Be, police didn't, there was if, never if a police officer. Scared. There was never a police officer that said, well, you know what? I would like to stop this person from murdering me or the person that's near me. Uh, but I certainly don't want to be sued for infringing upon their rights. This is a canard and a fallacy. This was put in place and we have the historical evidence to show it. This was put in place to allow police officers and government to infringe blatantly upon the lives and rights of the American people as they were protesting for civil rights. They wanted them to do it more, right? That was, they were protecting them to be able to do it more, yes. The establishment of the 50s and 60s and 70s wanted cops to feel free to do it more, right? Coming from the post-war period, the Supreme Court was allowing police officers. Okay, okay. so so what was making it so that they wouldn't do it more? What was making it that they wouldn't do it more? What was keeping cops from doing it the way that the establishment wanted them to. And so they had to go to the Supreme court and pay off some of these guys to go, Hey, make it okay for cops to be. Well, it, it was, it was happening. Them. It was happening prior to that, but the people that they were largely doing it to didn't have the means to take them to court. Uh, but what we had was the, uh, civil I'm rights act of 1871. We had the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1871, which said that uh, if a uh, officer or a government official infringed upon the rights of, of, of a person, they were able to sue them and hold them accountable for it. That was completely perverted by the Supreme Court decisions in the 1950s and 1960s, uh, which created uh, the doctrine of qualified immunity I, out I of thin it, air. It wasn't until the, after the mid-60s that the first thing was ruled on Supreme Court wise with this uh, qualified immunity thing. So not the fifties at all. So unless Mm. you have, unless you're, you're sure about that, don't say the fifties too. The original cases started in the 1950s. I know, but as far as when they were decided and then the decision may have happened in the sixties. I I don't remember exactly when the first decision happened, but the original cases of what happened, everything changed in the, in, in, in the civil rights movement. Everyone's like, Oh, you're being too hard on the criminals. And then no, okay, all of a sudden okay. you got it, real it, it, lax in uh, enforcing law. And then you had, you know. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, are, are you, call, wait, are you and, calling oh, civil rights on. protesters I, I, criminals? I interrupted you the first few times and then how, let me have some time too. That's time. that's fair. Oh, hey, hey, real quick. Uh, I just want to give a, a comment from one of our listeners. Somebody said, uh, can you guys discuss how the war on drugs is actually more dangerous for cops and makes their job worse as well? We're, that we're comes from Andrea O'Donnell. We're literally having that conversation right now. 
So, in a way. Yeah. Um, mainly, you know, you, you're, you're talking about a, a way of forcing law that was becoming a problem with the citizens. And the, pro- the way around that problem was to have the Supreme Court say, well, sorry, it's not the cop's problem. And they are the ones who came up with that idea. So, you know, it's, it takes a, a, it's tough to become the Supreme Court guy, you know, to make it onto the Supreme Court. Okay. So these are people who, you know, when you're saying that they are wrong, you know, you better have a high level of proof to say these guys are wrong. I mean, they've probably earned that level. Yeah, that that's an appeal well, to authority. I, 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 that level to be our Supreme Court. Justice. Yeah, that's that's so so in in debate, that's called the appeal to authority fallacy. It is that because someone has a position of power that we should simply assume that they're correct. Uh, I, yes. I, I, so the Constitution talks about a Supreme Court. What do you think about that Supreme Court then? I think in the case and of qualified immunity, they've been dead wrong and they've been creating bad precedent on top of bad precedent. It's been but very the clear. The Constitution's wrong. I didn't say the Constitution was wrong. I said that the Supreme Court decisions did. were wrong. No, said I had said the that the Supreme Court decisions. How did the Supreme Court. I didn't say that the creation of the Supreme Court was wrong. I said that the Supreme Court justices who have decided on qualified immunity have been uh, incredibly wrong on the idea of creating, and again, not just wrong. They went outside of the scope of their job. Their job is to interpret the Constitution and the laws put in front of them. There is nothing in the Civil Rights Acts uh, uh, prior to the 1960s that says anything about qualified immunity at all. People, people are not getting what you know what we're talking about. So basically, I just want to like I, nail I, it down in yeah. that you think the way that our Supreme Court for the last 50 or so years looks at police um, enforcement. Um, is wrong and and that and that the constitution is inherently wrong because we can't look at the wait whoa, whoa, whoa. we, we could use that con- hold on we hold could on. use that exact look same argument we could say that because you don't agree with free trade deals which were passed by congress and the president which were created by the constitution that you're saying the, the constitution is wrong they had in 19 in 1789 i want to go back to the same exact economic thing we had in 1789 but that's that's what I want. So you want open borders? So tell me about tell me about police. No, hold, hold on. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. How we use if, the wait, okay, okay. If you okay, let's talk about 1789. So 1789, no uh, uh, police forces outside of a handful of major metropolitan areas. There were no police forces. Uh, you had community uh, communities that for themselves would create private systems of enforcing the law. So we had no uh, like active you know state police forces like we have now. There was no war on drugs or war on sex. We agree on that. There was open borders to unlimited and unregulated migration there was largely free trade with a very small tariff something like i think three or five percent so i i don't i mean if you really want to go back to what the founders intended minus i would assume and i i think we're on the same page minus legal slavery and things like that if you want to go back to the lack of regulatory burdens open borders free trade no police no standing military we had no yeah. standing military Correct. either. So, so, I mean, no, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. You want no standing yeah. military. You want no active police force, uh, state police force. You want open borders and you want largely free yeah, trade. I don't know what you mean. I, I totally believe in National Guard. That's fine. Okay. It has to be a National Guard for each state. And so open, their, open borders their, for unlim, unregulated, unlimited migration. As far as borders go, I, I definitely think it's been long enough. We're not, it's not the early 1900s. 
We are new. We are a country since the early 2000s, really, that are not going to accept any more people who are not skilled enough to do the jobs we need them to do. Other than that, they're not welcome. Well, they are welcome because people are hiring them en masse when they come here, even facing prosecution by merit, doing so. It should be merit-based immigration. Right, right. So we had two different conversations. You said they're not welcome, but they clearly are welcome. People are actually harboring them, even though they're here illegally and they're race risking prosecution. So not only are they welcome, there's actually a high demand for them. You you given, just don't like it. I'm saying the further that weren't given the legal opportunity to be in the United States. No. OK, but, but again, you're so you're saying so there's two questions here. One is legality and one is whether or not they're welcome. You're saying they're not welcome. They are clearly they clearly are welcome. Even in the face of laws against the it, they're clearly dude. very welcome to the tune of <laughs> tens of millions of them coming here. They're not welcome by the United States government. Well, there's a lot of things that aren't welcome by the United States government. People that are okay. working uh, uh, without it, licenses, right uh, people now. that are doing that business without licenses, uh, people that are trying to thrive and get by, people that are trying to uh, sell are things to be able to feed you're their families are not welcomed by the, the U.S. government. The United States. What's that? You're welcoming every illegal immigrant into the United States. No, no, no. I want to end illegal immigration by making it legal. Uh, I, I want to know what you feel about the ones that are here now. I believe that they are welcome by virtue of the fact that they were able to find jobs and housing and everything else in spite of the fact that their being here was illegal. So if there is such a high demand for them that they are brought, that they're coming here in droves and I, being I welcomed guys, by, ver hold on, you asked me a question and I'm answering it. You asked me a question and I'm answering it. Because they are so clearly welcome, who am I to say to these people and these businesses who have chosen to host and hire and house them on their private properties that they shouldn't be allowed to do so? Clearly there's massive demand and I, it would be wrong of me to try to tell them who they can and can't associate with. So I certainly would not want to do that. I want to end illegal immigration on day one by legalizing it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, that's but, that's all I'm trying to get to is it seems like it's open borders with the libertarians. Yeah, what the founders intended, open open to unlimited and unregulated migration, it's, open to trade, open. Uh, open to people being able to come and go as they please because it's none of the government's yeah, business so where think we go. You're, the way you are as libertarian is, is the main way? That, that mostly everyone agrees with you on immigration. Are you saying within libertarianism? Yeah. Do they all agree with you? Every single libertarian, probably not. But the overwhelming consensus among libertarians is that it's none of the government's business so, where we go. So the same, the same immigration position as Biden. No, Joe Biden wants heavily uh, regulated immigration. What's the between you and and uh, what Biden would do. Uh, Joe or Biden was vice president uh, of under Obama, who deported more immigrants than any other president, including Trump in his first term. So that's factually inaccurate. You're saying, how are we different than Biden? I would ask you how Trump is different from Biden, other than the fact he's actually been slightly easier oh, on mean, illegal immigrants how, than how Biden, and, and, Biden Obama were. And, and Obama was together. OK, yeah. So so, yeah, use Obama in place of Biden. That's fine. But I would, I would love for you to explain to trap fans. I, and there are a lot of Trump supporters here. Okay. That how you how you deal with uh, immigration. So you asked how we're different than Obama. Obama actually deported more immigrants uh, than any other president before him, and 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 hasn't yeah. and, and and Trump hasn't beaten his record so far yet. He, he uh, should be though. I don't know why Trump isn't. Maybe he's lying. So anyway, the uh, so Obama uh, 
Obama wanted. In fact, it was the Democrats who originally introduced uh, uh, immigration controls with the Chinese Exclusion Acts back in the 1880s. And uh, it was the labor unionists who pushed for immigration controls in the first place. So um, Republicans and Democrats, there's very little daylight other than their rhetoric. Their rhetoric is much different uh, because they're 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 trying to feed this constant divide between the American people so that they don't step back and realize that there's almost no difference between the two of them. Uh, but Republicans and Democrats very much support uh, regulations they uh, on, on trade uh, and on uh, migration. They support uh, a massive police and surveillance state on the border and in the in the border states. Uh, they, they support all of the various regulations that have been cre- created that infringe upon our lives every single day, like real ID uh, and, uh, and e-verify and all of these other things that well, actually I, not I just... just to get, all, get rid of all that stuff, I, I just wanted to mainly you know, say you you believe that we should just not have an immigration system. I agree with the founders that it is not. You should just dismantle the whole thing. I agree with the founders that we should not be telling people who they can or cannot host, hire, or house on their own properties. Uh, and uh, we should if, know who's in our country. Shouldn't know who's in our country? Yeah, we shouldn't know wh- who's coming from where. Of course we know who's in our country because they're here in our country and then they do business and they do things and they make themselves very known because they want... Well, you do care people- about an immigration system. So you know who's coming in. Again, people come here to make themselves known because they want to provide value to the market no, and thrive as, and, as and, a, and As a vice president families. or a president or whatever, you would mm-hmm. have some type of immigration philosophy to, to know who's in our country or no? We have the same immigration philosophy that the founders have, that it is none of the government's business who you host, decide to host or hire a house. If you're saying so, our government, I don't really care that the government... What about terrorist attacks? What about people who are going to plan a huge terrorist attack? Because people care about that. They would be able to subvert our immigration system because they have the means to do so, like they did on 9-11 and like they've done any other time. I mean, you, so you don't think that... You don't think the Border Patrol is, is... You don't think that the Border Patrol is actually stopping terrorism, do you? They're getting through, so just, just dismantle the whole thing. No, I'm saying they're getting through because that system doesn't work. So why would we not focus instead on trying to stop terrorism instead of setting up these massive dragnets to try to stop anyone who's coming here? Since that's clearly not worked and it simply created a black market, which creates uh, a, a massive uh, growth in the in the value and cost of bringing people here, which attracts the very people we wouldn't want to come here. It attracts so the cartels. You, it attracts the traffickers. You can change terrorists a behavior and how they they look at us by by official government policy is that what you're saying well first of all most terrorists join terrorist organizations because they were constantly bombed and their countries were destabilized uh, uh by well, that, uh, u.s that government happened, po- so we're gonna deal with that no no, no it, it didn't just happen it is continuing no, no no it's continuing to happen syrian and yemeni and and libyan and iraqi and afghan children grow up to fear yeah, sunny days trump because not, that trump has not bombed bunch of syrian children dude there are uh, actually he has and there are fifteen thousand more if, troops if, if you want to talk about doing has that, it's bombed syrian Obama, children and he has continued the genocide he's also dude. yeah no you can do that on your side he has also continued the genocide in yemen which has led to over a quarter of a million civilians dead uh including children uh, it is absolutely Trump, and he has continued it. Uh, he has worked, he has financed the Saudi government and al-Qaeda, which is not only an act of genocide, but is also an act of treason. You have the U.S. government under Donald Trump, who is giving money to al-Qaeda and Saudi Arabia to, conv- to, to prosecute a war against Yemeni civilians. And they then join terror you. groups because it's the only people trying to fight East back against the and U.S. And out of Afghanistan, I'm, I hope you're on board with that. Absolutely. 
Yeah, end all right. the wars, bring all the troops home. We don't even have to talk about that anymore. So, like, as far as take our troops out and stop being the, the world's police, I'm in agreement okay. with you. Good. If another country wants to use our services, they're either going to have to pay for it or they're going to have to ha have a compelling reason why we should join that fight, just like in the, pa in the past. So that we agree with that. Okay. So, so I okay. think the main thing is is trade. Does the the U.S. government are are you know I think you would say they they're not going to help you, but they're not going to hurt you. And what we have now is they help some, they hurt others, which is very unfair, isn't it? Um, but can the United States government make macro policy like big policy against dealing with other countries to try and and you know, discourage cheaply made goods made outside of the United States and then shipped into the United States. Like, does that bother you at all that very, that the United States more and more cannot make the things that we, we need because they cannot make it at the right price? Does that annoy you? What annoys me is that it was, is that the price was driven up so much in the U S to begin with again, Going back to the lemonade analogy, my concern is not that this person's able to sell it over here for 20 cents. It's that the person here who could have sold it for 10 cents because of the actions of government is now having to sell it for a dollar so or, or more. You, which is, and, so, and the answer isn't to make it, the, the one selling it for 20 cents, make it a dollar 10 so it's more expensive. That just screws the consumer. The All answer right, is me, to remove the barrier set it, because if it's 10 cents here and 20 cents here, people are gonna, most people are gonna buy it here unless they really like that lemonade, then take, they can buy it and they're free to do so. Out, the problem isn't the trade, out. it's the barriers and burdens that have been put in place. Again, you are, we both agree on the outcome being the issue. I'm blaming what actually caused the problem. You're blaming the consequence of it. And that's the difference is we are, you are looking at it after it has already happened and what has happened as a result oh, as yeah, being that's the problem. The only way you can look at no, it. the problem is you look at this root source of how something happened and then you address it from there. Because okay, if I come okay, up so to you, if you're a doctor and I come up source. to you and I go, doc, root I've got source. a gash on my arm and it's really bad. And you look at the arm and I'm being stabbed. As I'm showing you the gash, and you go, yeah, the problem is that that gash right. is just really bad. And you're not looking at the stabbing that caused the gash. Then we're going right. to have a problem. You're not going to fix the problem unless you address the harm that led to it in the first place. That's and the harm in this do. place are the regulatory so, so, burdens so my, that were and taxes that were put in the place. The main harm, the main harm to United States exporters is that we cannot price our stuff cheap enough that the world wants to buy it more than they do. We're already number two mo biggest manufacturer because we make things that other countries just can't make. And we're, and we're good at, we at least have that. But the stuff that mm -hmm. anybody can make, China wins on that. Because and, of and the that, burdens and barriers and taxes. It's not okay, because of on. because it's a wealthier country. It's because of the burdens and barriers and taxes. I know, but this, hear me out. Okay. Get rid of all that. Yes. You take all the, the regulations out. Everything's uh, out. Yes. It's just pure play. Yes. You still have you still have country rich country A and poor country B. Uh -huh. Whose middle class is going to suffer if you do a free trade deal where both sides is just free? There's nothing on either side to make it more level, more when one when one country's standard of living is so much higher than the other country country standard of living. That's going to affect the labor prices you may be able the, the labor costs you're going to get out of that country. Not enough to offset. Not enough to offset the cost of importation, especially when they're on the other side of the planet. So you asked me a question, and and then you started answering. Cheaper side of the planet. It's but it's the cost of bringing it back here is not cheaper. 
That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Oh, and also, here's another aspect that we haven't gotten into, Chris. Part of the reason that, that, that uh, another way that we are subsidizing the cost of, of, of importation and external, externalizing it is by using the U.S. military to protect shippers uh, from piracy. So here's yet another example where the U.S. taxpayer is subsidizing yeah, they should, and externalizing. They should, do it. they should hire their own Blackwater firms. Absolutely. They should absolutely hire their own firms. And if you combine all of that, it will make the vast majority hey, of imports. What do you so, think about private armies? When you say private what armies, what if I'm worth ten billion and I just want to hire two hundred thousand of the best uh, dudes in the world and go do whatever the hell I want? Well, that's not you can't. Well, how you would can't, you deal with when, that? When guy? you say do whatever the hell you want, uh, yeah, that whatever if I want, who's going to stop me? Someone else who's uh, able to stop you. I, I'm, I'm not sure what you're asking. Yeah, where does that line end when you when when it's like? Then uh, here's here's why you would have. Uh, governments escorting you across their waters and using their military to do so, or if their military can't do it, our military. Because if you don't do that, you're just going to get the richest people in the United States to make their own armies, and then we're really going to be screwed. But that's what they're doing right now anyway. They're just making us pay for it. Oh, come it. The on. Wealthy, the the wealthiest and most powerful people. Hold on a second. The wealthiest and most powerful people in this country yeah, are using their own private military that we pay for. Th- this military is not serving us. This military is serving the interests of of uh, oil and, and 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 gas contractors and military is, contractors and and, mil- and and all sorts of various contractors and and that and oil come to us though. The the oil would have come to us anyway because it has a demand and a supply. Maybe not. What do you mean? Maybe Listen, not. If, if, if someone wants oil and someone has oil and there's a supply and demand, absent any other infringement upon that or imposition have, upon that, someone is going to sell it. Not ideal, right? We have a messed up okay, world. Okay, but where it's not this ideal. is okay. So the fact Nothing that things are not ideal, ideal is not a reason to allow for the status quo, and that is one of the biggest. That is one of the oldest canards in the book. Is well, things aren't perfect. Okay, things aren't perfect. Let's try to make things better. We talk about a so-called yeah. more perfect union. Imagine if the founders had said, "Well, listen, it's just like this." So we just got so. So just, are you more? Go. Are you more of like every man for himself? No. Or the government's going to help the citizens. Neither. I am in favor of allowing people to voluntarily work together in cooperation and competition to thrive and prosper in ways that centrally bad, centrally planned solutions from governments, uh, from the Republicans and Democrats, could never do. Uh, well, we what, as libertarians I, believe in the spontaneous. Hold, 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 hold on. Sorry, hold on. No, you can't the do cartel that, exists as a the cartel exists as a reaction to black markets that were created by government. All of the things that you were presenting, armies, cartels, monopolists, and everything else, could not exist without them being able to externalize the but cost you know, of their you know system why the cartel to the taxpayer. Operate in the United States because of the National Guard and our and our military. That's why. I, I I didn't hear the first part of what you said. The only reason the cartel cannot operate in the United States because of our National Guard and our military. They operate they in the United even States. They have a chance. They literally operate in the United States every day. They make hundreds of billions not of dollars a year. Not in the open. They can't take over a city block. They Definitely have taken over entire blocks in Southern California and Southern Texas. I'm not sure where you got that perception, right. but well, but but again, tell me what you, blocks you, these are and what United States, what LAPD is trying to do about those those people. 
uh, besides getting paid off, not very much. And we saw the same thing during alcohol prohibition. We saw Al Capone take over Chicago. We saw New England taken over by Joe Kennedy. We saw this happen because when you give, when you put an entire market in the black market and just put it there and allow the criminal element to take over that entire market, you are giving them tremendous amounts of power and, and wealth for no reason. It benefits no one except powerful people who wanted to have a corner on the market. And when you remove yeah, I, that barrier, I, I agree with you. Of course, on the so, drug so I'm not, yeah. let's let let's not give any cartels the power. Exactly. But, what but that I'm has nothing to, to do with the military or the national guard. The national guard and our and our army, another n- militia would would rise up, and they and we'd be under their rules. So the the whole point of having a union, a, a, a American United States Union, is to go. We all kind of agree on, you know, seventy percent, and. To enforce that 70%, we're going to make an army. And, and right there, that's it. That's all, we're, that's all we cool. are at. And so if you aren't on board with that, how, how yeah, does you're going to be pissed off. You're going to be how, an anarchist. How does but, an ar- Well, hold on. How does an army keep us together? Oh, come on, man. It just keeps a, a, a tyrant kind of guy from, from paying his own guys to kill you. But that's what we have. We have tyrants that are threatening to kill us, and we have to pay yes. for it. Well, if it wasn't that tyrant, it'd be another tyrant. So we're we're trying to at least vote in the tyrant. That seems not that's to be working, what we Chris. Do. That's yeah, what but we that, do. But again, states. that seems not to be working. What I would argue for is a system that's whereby we, we don't do. have a tyrant where you have decentralized the power. Libertarians believe in something called the spontaneous order of human action in a market and a people set free. If you contrast that with the brittle and top-down and, uh, and inequitable and harmful and abusive outcomes that come from the government centrally planned market, there's no comparison, Chris. If you put the power back in the people, they're going to do way better. So the idea why that we the have— main pre- Why do the mainstream press hate Trump? Uh, why, Fox don't, news why don't they want to keep Trump. him in? Fox News doesn't hate Trump. Mainstream oh, press yeah, is the half, is, half of the Fox News hates Trump. Shepard Smith, he hates Trump. Shepard and they Smith give him all the time of the day to talk all the shit they want about Trump. Yeah, so the, 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 the two people who own uh, Fox News are the the Rupert kids who are both liberal as you can possibly be. So the. American media is set up as a left-right rope-a-dope. So you have this side saying that if you well, don't ro- vote Republican, left. then no, the crazy no right. far-left anarchi- far communists are going to take over. And then you have left-wing left, media left, saying left, if you left. don't vote Democrat, then the uh, t- terrible racist Republican Nazis are going to take over. But the reality is, if you look at the actual outcome and policy between the Republicans and Democrats, there's so little daylight, Chris. They're, they're the same thing. Yeah, they, it doesn't matter who you vote for. Years, it doesn't matter. No, it, because Trump years. is literally done. He is simply ramped up what every president before him has done, which is what they no, did. Every has. president before. Yes, he, he had. He has increased a free trade deal. Which was totally which was window dressing that actually made things worse, oh according God. to the You're people who were pushing anything, for a change. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, what I'm going to give him of, is that hey, he created a cult of personality and be able to. I mean, like, thank you for doing that, dude. Thank you for acknowledging that it was such a bad deal to begin with. Hey, Bernie did. Bernie acknowledges that. Yes, we disagree with Bernie Sanders as well. We are not Democrats. We don't agree with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders also has bad economic policies. The fact that Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders agree on trade should concern you. If you're a a conservative nationalist Republican, the fact that a socialist Bernie Sanders agrees with Donald Trump largely on economic issues should give you pause. That should maybe make you wonder, wait a second, is there a big difference between these two? About free trade deals. 
Again, free trade's not the problem. The regulatory burdens were you Just asked me yes about no, you asked me about Donald Trump. You asked me about Donald Trump. Go ahead, Dan. Chris Chris asked the Chris asked the question one more time and Spike, wait and answer him after. It is Bernie wrong about free trade deals. Yes. How? In every way that I just said, the problem is not trade. The problem is the burdens and barriers and taxes that have been created by government, by Republicans and Democrats your, that have made the cost. Hold on. You asked me a question. Let, yeah, no, you can do that on your side. The, the, the problem is that they have created burdens that have made it increasingly unaffordable to do business here. And the people who can afford to move those jobs overseas do so. And everyone else who can't afford to do that, just go out of business or they fold and, and, and go work for one of the bigger ones. That is the problem. The trade deal is only the consequence. And it's not even the trade deal itself. The the outsourcing of entire sectors of the economy is a consequence of those bad policies. The problem is not allowing people to trade where they wish. Stay in office. Do you completely gut all business regulations on the first day of office? I mean, 100%, all of them. I don't know 100%, but Joe Jorgensen would remove the vast majority of them, yes. So 92%? I, I don't know an exact number, but the vast majority of them. I want an exact them, damn yeah. number. I'm I kidding. don't know an exact so, number, so, but so, let's say 85% of the So we're totally in agreement. We, we would just gut it all. Amen. So you gut it all. Okay, I'm, a, I, I'm with you on that. From okay. there, do you do anything to aid your domestic workers versus I, the poor country's foreign I workers? just did. I just did by getting rid of those regulations. I've, I've, I've fixed the problem. Do you do also by ending the, 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 the ending further? the empire and bringing the troops home and not having them externalize, uh, allowing businesses to externalize their costs of protecting their shipping and importation here uh, using our, our, our Navy, bringing them home so that they'd have to do that themselves. That also helps as well. Getting government out of the way and allowing the market right. to do what it does and allow the equilibrium of free choice among free people is going to fix almost all of these problems. And, and, yeah. and from then, it's none of the government's business who anyone trades with. But the idea that the government who created the problem that, that existed in the first place is going to somehow help us, that well, the that, fox that, that you know, let the foxes in the hen house is going to finally you're, fix this problem you're, you're by asking, adding taxes to us to is, is, is foolish. As the president, right? You'd be, you'd be part of the same government. Well, I, I would be the vice president. But same Joseph. U.S. government. We've got our buddy Kellen in the background. What's up, Kellen? Say what's up. Hey, Colin. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we so, do have some more questions if we want yeah, to divert Dan, to a different topic we've Dan, got go, plenty of Dan, questions go to some questions yeah whatever's fun man okay i mean I, look let me say one one thing go ahead we're so close to agreeing on pretty much everything spike other than you want less regulation than even i do which is great because i i believe there's some i think you're farther to anarchy than i am but we're both pretty damn far from the middle. Okay. That's and I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I don't I don't I always thought we probably agreed on a lot more than we disagreed on. That's typically the case. And that's cool. It's just about how do we how do we get there? And is Trump actually against the interests of the top 0.1%? Yes. Otherwise, why would they be so against him? But they're not. That's the whole part. This is a, well, this looks is like okay, it. okay. Hold on. I was trying <laughs> to answer this before. I was Perception, trying to answer this right? before. No, but this is this is what I'm trying to answer again. This entire 
uh, theater that we have that, you know, Bernie Sanders is fighting for you, the people. Donald Trump is fighting for you, the people. Barack Obama is fighting for you, the people. George Bush is fighting, blah, 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 blah. It's all the same nonsense. It is a left-right rope-a-dope that tells you that this side screwed you, so this guy is going to fix it. This is our champion, and he's going to fix it with the same policies that the people before him did largely, yeah, but with Trump just a little bit changes on the window policy. dress. Trump Except he didn't. No, he didn't. He, there are 15,000 more troops. There has to be something hold, in you that goes, that's uh, good. No, it's not good because it's, it was changes on deal. window dressing that it's simply did nothing good. but actually make the problem worse. According to the people who were pushing for changes in the trade deal, they said that the changes that were implemented actually led to American-made products being more expensive, which will lead to more no, imports being bought. Now buying a Ford or a Chevy or a GM or a Chrysler is going to cost it's even more course. than buying a Toyota or a Honda or a Mazda or a, realize, a Mercedes or whatever. You realize the new NAFTA went into place July 1st, right? Yes, that's correct. And the people who no have been watching the actual change... what their effects are yet. Dude. Of course there is. They can look at the policies and determine what's going to happen as a result of it. They can look at the yeah, exact and, implementation and of what's going to happen. moving their operations here, and they didn't because of the damn coronavirus making it so demand doesn't, doesn't necessitate, necessitate, whatever, have them come over here and do that because of the, the lack of demand in the United States. But if there was good demand, they'd be moving over to the United States. But that's they, the whole point of this new NAFTA thing. But that's been happening as a, as a consequence over quite the United States and keep companies from going to out from going outside the United States. It's definitely going to do that. I can bet you any amount of money over the next four years that the new NAFTA keeps keeps American manufacturer inside the United States to a better degree than ever before. The I would put who, any amount people, of money on the, that. The people who actually watch this stuff and are looking at the the cons, natural consequence of the policies are saying that the quota increases that have been put in place will make finally produced American goods. For example, uh, 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 dishwashers and air conditioners and cars and large durable products that are now going to be finally manufactured, what they call a final assembly being made in the U.S. It's going to make them more expensive as a result of that, and is going to make imports that much more affordable by extension. Not that those things became more affordable, but that comparatively. And your answer, hold on, your answer to that, wait a second, let me finish. Your answer to that is to add tariffs to this product, make that even more expensive. So now everyone's getting screwed. The American worker's getting screwed. The American consumer, which is also the American worker, is being screwed. The American taxpayer, because this enforcing this is going to cost more of taxpayer money, is being screwed. No one here is being helped except for the cronies who put these in place because they ultimately don't care where it's being made. They just want to make money hand over fist. So then why would you support this? Why would you support a deal that the cronies, that the only people that are going to benefit from are the cronies? the, the, The United States is the number one consumer market in the world by far. And our politicians sold out the people who make it that. Which is the, which is the freaking middle class, the people who actually have some money to spend. Yes. Our middle class has, makes about sixty thousand dollar average, and in, in China it's twenty thousand dollar average. So we're we we're three times the consumer that even the China's best consumers are. So okay. the United States are, is so much the number one consumer market that we we should make people pay to play. That's no, we saying. should just you make it more affordable to do it here. Why would we make people pay to play if we could just let it be more affordable here? Everyone would come here. <laughs> Not only would, would, would there be more what small business growth and entrepreneurship happen. growth uh, and, 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 and yeah, jobs coming back from those large businesses, thing. but you'd have foreign businesses bringing their work here too. What do you mean yeah, pay to play? Why would you tell someone, fun? if you want to do business where we are, you have to pay? Okay, well then I won't do business there. 
What, what, I mean, that, that makes no sense at all. Why would you do the opposite? Say, make changed? it more affordable to do business here so everyone can prosper. But what has changed over the last 30, 40 years? Only one thing, and that was the UC, the new NAFTA changed into a new trade deal. That's the only a, a, difference a, that no, we can even speak No, it's not the only of. difference. It's not the only difference. That is the consequence tell me another, of tell the me regulations that happened. In, I've been telling you the difference. An ever-increasing no, 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 growth in taxes, regulations, and other burdens that have made it impossible for the American people no, to thrive and prosper here. I know what, dude, I'm talking about what has changed over the last 40 years of government policy. And the only thing that's changed is one new free trade deal no, since I those just, trade deals actually went well, into practice. Since the trade deals went into practice, since changed. NAFTA and all that stuff. Multiple things have changed. An ever-increasing growth. There has been a trend of an ever-increasing growth in the cost of doing business in the U.S. as a policy. direct I'm talking policy. about government policy. Taxes are government policy. Tariffs are government policy. Regulations are government policy. Burdens and barriers that are imposed upon by various uh, 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 regulatory agencies at both the federal, state, and local level are government policies. They are the very implementation of government policies yes. with one express purpose, to keep goes. the American trade. people anxious and jobless and increasingly desperate for only one reason, to keep them at each other's throats, to keep them reliant upon government, Government and to keep them thinking that their only options they have are two bad options every four years. That's the only purpose of this, to keep people so desperate that they are, have myopia and that they are, are, have, have, have tunnel vision and not be able to step back and in a calm way look and go, wait a second, these people are all you on the what? same side. Our, our country is so not what you say they are that they can actually, identity politics actually gets them to vote for someone or not. That's how good they have it in the United States. That's economically not having speaking. having it good. That's not having it good. I'm not. Can, can, it's so, having it pretty damn good when you can both bitch about identity politics. Well, okay. Well, so when you're saying bitch about, you're not talking about someone complaining about U.S. trade policy. Because, so for example, you're saying that someone who's complaining I'm about. You, telling them why it's happening to them. Like okay. U.S. trade policy. Okay, but, 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 and they're telling you why things are happening as a result of police brutality. When I hear people say things like, stop bitching, stop being a victim, usually what I hear is someone saying, I don't want to hear what you're saying because it doesn't affect me or I don't think it's real. Guys, we've had like a uh, hundred people asking to get you guys' thoughts on the ATF, NFA, Second Amendment, and shit like that. So, yeah, go, go I, first, Chris. I, I agree with Spike on all of it. We probably don't even need to talk about that. Yeah, get rid of all of it. Get rid of all of it. Okay. All right. Next next yeah, question, cool. Dan. <laughs> next qu yeah, let's do questions. For yeah, a while. let's do some questions. Yeah, let's do some questions where we each have like 20, 30 seconds to answer it and then we can wrap up. Love it. Sounds good. All right. Uh, we've got uh, Richard Manzo asked uh, If we move to a merit based immigration system, what advanced degrees and professional skills do you hold that would make you personally eligible for immigration to the United States if you were born somewhere else? Damn. Chris. Go, uh, here, Chris uh, answered the last one first. I'll answer this one. Uh, I, I I don't have any degrees, but I, I owned uh, I own multiple uh, small businesses that I grew into successful ones over the course of twenty years, uh, which uh, in most merit based systems would allow me to uh, would allow me to be able to enter a country. Uh, I but I, I and I'm not arguing for merit based immigration. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, and so what I would say, you know, in the United States, we need to protect our small business guys. And for everything you can do in the United States, someone else can do it outside the United States cheaper than you. That's a fact. That's what I would tell the middle class of America and the small businesses of America. And then I would say, I would say because knowing that's a fact, let the, the United States government protect you from those 
cheaper countries who are okay. going to outsell I, or who are going to undercut you in your business. That's I have what, to respond to this. Say. So we've already established why it's more expensive here. So this is similar to when people say a government has made the cost of healthcare so high that we can't afford it. So let's put government in charge of healthcare so it's free. An imposition on the market by government is not a reason to allow government to have further imp- imp- impositions on the market. It's a reason to get it out of it. So I agree with you that it is increasingly unaffordable for people to do business in the United States, for people to have jobs and be employed in the United States. And I recognize that the economic nationalism, quote unquote, is simply another rung to what makes it more unaffordable. It is not fixing it. It is a ploy to the to, to those on the on the populist right who who believe that the problem is trade and immigration instead of the regulations that are in place. While the while on the populist left, they do the same thing through people like Bernie Sanders saying that these these allowing, you know, government allowing people to do business where they wish is the problem instead of government putting barriers. So you have a system where because government doesn't have total control of trade, they're using total control of the regulatory environment here to make things unaffordable and to have us choke off so that we then agree to give them even more control of other sectors of the economy, in this case, trade. It's not going to fix it. It's simply going to make government larger. Yeah. Well, you know, here's here's my my spiel on that whole thing. Okay. Once you once you say, I know I don't want to just defend my my bodily my person against death. And I'd like someone else to do that. Mm. You give up so much freedom. And every libertarian needs to understand that that concept. I'm sorry that you cannot be as free as you want to be. We're damn free. I mean, I can do basically anything I want. I mean, there's nothing I can't. I, 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 I mean, can't. there's a lot of things so, you can't do. I, I'm just saying I must not need to do them. You know what I mean? That's so fair. I'm, there I'm, may be I'm a lot of things. Yeah, you may not want to do them, but there's many things you can't. You actually cannot do. But, but I'm just saying I'm happy with what I'm allowed to do. And I'd love to just see more uh more tens of millions of Americans get get good paying jobs like like we had in the 50s and 60s. So that's what I would like to go back to that time. And also, I'd like to go back to the late. Oh, no. Did we lose Chris? Did we lose Chris? Am I back? Oh, no. no. Okay, you're back. You're back. Go ahead. Go, Go ahead. Whoa, dude. It's just like totally like when my computer like went out. And the oh, internet okay. is blowing up, saying that we cut you off because yeah, we're yeah, no, assholes. we didn't cut, we didn't cut Chris <laughs> off. Go, go ahead. Like, Here, like, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you have the final word on trade because we're gonna just go back and forth endlessly, and then that will let Dan. Uh, so go ahead and finish your your final word on trade, and then Dan yeah, can just, ask some more questions. Just, just basically that you know the economic nationalism part of it is that we're all we're all a country that's try that's trying to um, you know get to a better good. I would, I would think, I would hope that we're all, that we're all that way. So I, I'm fine with helping people, um, you know, do better in life. You know, I'm not so right wing that I'm like, just mean, screw you all. You know, I'm not, I'm not into that. You know, so I, I, I don't know if I'd be a Democrat or Republican or whatever. I'm just a American nationalist who cares about our middle class more than the upper middle class and the 0.1% and the 1%, you know, and if only to keep them uh, a powerful sector so that you have somebody to sell things to, you know, especially when you live inside the United States. I know that multinational corporations don't care at all, but I mean, there's just no patriotism in the United States, man. It's everybody for themselves. And and that sucks to me. And I, and I, and I hope someday we can change that and that, and that 
we do what we can to be a better team and not so much a better eye. But that sounds communist totally. But um, that's why I think everything is gray. You know, nothing is black or white. It's a, it's a combination of, of a bunch of things that work, you know. And I, and I think everybody from libertarians to Democrats to Republicans have some good ideas. Okay. And it, it sucks that we all are so emotional about our ideas, like two-year-olds, that we can't just sit back and have the real conversation because it, that real conversation elicits so much damn emotion to everybody. The, so the, the, the emotion was very unfortunate. Dan, go ahead. So Dan, ask some, uh, I just asked some random questions and, and Chris and I will keep our responses to like 20, 30 seconds. We'll do a few of those and then we can, then we can wrap up. That's great. Oh no, we lost it. Hold on, Dan, your, your, your audio. We have no, <laughs> oh, audio. sorry about that. There we go. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, go. So cool. Um, uh, quite a few people have been asking you guys' thoughts on nuclear energy. Go ahead, Chris. Hmm. I'll let you go first. I am not the guy to talk to about nuclear energy. I think it's probably a great thing to, to go for. And a few Chernobyls or, you know, like you know, once every 20 years issue uh, should be, you know, we should be able to deal with that for such a cheap source of energy. Yeah. So I think any, especially where we're facing issues with the climate, I think any conversation about green energy, uh, cheap energy or uh, ending climate change that isn't centered around nuclear energy is a largely self-serving and, and, and not very effective or serious argument. I think nuclear energy, at least for the foreseeable future, is the way forward. It is much safer than it has been in the past. Uh, it, even if even when you factor in, uh, it, like Chris said, even when you factor in those occasional things that have happened, if you weigh it against the amount of environmental damage that would happen as a result of other types of energy producing that same amount of energy, it would be far worse. Uh, you know, you think of all of the, the oil spills and, 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 the, and the, the oil leaks and the dumping of coal ash and other toxins into rivers and things and into the air and everything. Nuclear energy is very, very cheap. It is very, very clean. And, uh, and I think that we should be deregulating that market and allowing for more innovative solutions such as salt-thorium salt reactors and, uh, and other molten core reactors uh, to be able to provide us with the energy that we need. I think nuclear, at least until fusion, is, is, is something that is able to be uh, uh, an actual sustainable source of energy i think nuclear is the way so go ahead dan okay a lot of people are also asking about and uh some of these obviously are going to be more directed at one or the other of you but uh, that's just what it is um uh people are asking about trump and epstein and do you guys think that you know there's that? anything anything there go ahead chris am i there are you, am i here yeah, 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 yeah. He he asked about he asked about Epstein and Trump, and if if you thought there was any relationship there. Oh, you know, like so. What I've heard about that is that in two thousand eight, um, Trump got wind that Epstein was you know soliciting kid you know girls first massages, and as soon as he found that out, he kicked him right out, and he was the only guy uh, who agreed to meet with prosecutors and talk about Epstein. Uh, the only guy in, in, in our whole country that, that had, you know, that had any information. He said, I'm, I'm willing to talk about that. And the prosecutors ignored him. I've heard similar things. I've heard kind of conflicting stuff, but I've also heard what, what Chris said about it. I think it's clear Epstein didn't kill himself and I'm not hundred percent sure he's even dead and that he was. Oh yeah. That, 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 that part of it is, is like, we should all know that. Yeah. He didn't not- kill himself. He was a terrible <laughs> pedophile. Uh, someone asked me recently, 
Yeah, someone recently asked me, they're like, you know, what would libertarians do about pedophilia? And I said, we'd kick them out of Washington. Um, so yeah. I think that, you know, we've seen just how many powerful people are involved in that. And it's it's actually very unsettling uh, because it, it seems like people that are attracted to that level of power uh, are, are using it in some of the most harmful ways, even when it comes to actually harming children in a sexual way. I think it's absolutely disgusting. It makes me sick. Go ahead. Now, how much of that do you believe uh, as far as the, the adrenochrome stuff and the Pizzagate? I mean, I'm not even going there because yeah, I, I, if I can't prove it, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So so Pizzagate uh, was pretty well debunked. I, I, I don't believe in Pizzagate and a lot of the other QAnon stuff, but I, I do believe okay. we have seen more that we saw Prince Andrew, we saw Ghislaine Mack, well we saw harvey weinstein we saw or weinstein uh we saw all of the the people in in epstein's black book that were protected we saw the clintons there's a lot of bad stuff happening and it just seems that the people that are have the most power in almost sociopathic ways are also attracted to that so i'm not sure there's yeah. this pedophile cabal as much as just well, makes, powerful people attracted to, to that this is what makes sense to me, right? So okay. if you have, if you want to get rid of Christianity, you want to make it, a, you have a, have a real bad name, put put people who suck in power in those in those institutions, you know, put put just horrible people that you know would be would be like you know molesting children. Maybe you know something about this fourteen year old, and you groom him to be one of the top dudes, and you know that 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 person has some of that in them. Wouldn't that be the most easiest person to control, you know? And I think there's an element of that in our government where it's like these people have some clot, some stuff in the closet as far as some skeletons, and they don't want anyone to know that stuff. And that's probably why they're so damn easily controlled. Oh, I'm sure. Hey, yeah, Chris, I'm, yeah, I'm sure of hey, that. Chris, I'm I, sure. I just want to say real quick, uh, we talk about conspiracies all over the place on my show. So yeah. if you're interested, we don't have to talk uh, about politics at all over there. I love that, man. <laughs> no, I love all that stuff because – like a lot of it's common sense. It's like, well, you know, if I was like the be all end all of power and I had all the money in the world and I really cared about control, I'd put the worst people in power. I'd put people who are the worst possible people so that I could go, hey, you want everybody knowing about this, what you did? You know, so it would be the easiest way to control people ever. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Actually, I, I agree with that entirely. Dan, go on to the next uh, next thing. We'll do like <laughs> two more and then we can wrap up. Cool. Uh, well, if there's only two more, I got to make sure they're good. Uh, Cody Lee asked Chris, uh, "What would it take for you to vote for Joe and Spike in 2020? What would you have to see differently?" I would have to see that they could win, number one, and number two, that they would uh, renegotiate all existing free trade deals into trade deals I felt were more fair to the United States worker. So that would be it. What if so we what if, can get closest to that gets my vote? Why why don't we do a compromise, Chris? We will eliminate the regulations that make it unaffordable to do business here, and then we can revisit things and see what, if anything, would even be needed in terms of trade deals once we saw the amount of jobs coming back here. Completely in agreement that if you cut regulation to the point where no one's playing referee, then you're going to have better business going on. Okay. There's just no, I, I am completely in agreement with that. Everybody knows that okay. the reason why that doesn't happen is because of power and because people slip in pork and these bullshit bills. Yep. So we like anyone who is, but this is why they use it, identity politics because they, it, the shit they, they say doesn't work on guys like us because we can see the truth for what it is. So they have to make it about the next new racism thing or the, the next, you know, like identity politics thing. I mean, 
They don't talk about economics. They don't talk about what's good for the average middle class worker. They talk about who, what group of people are getting the sh- getting shafted the most. Well, so there's actually a good point there, and I, I, I just I want to. Yeah, so I want to I want to talk about the the discourse of identity politics, which, by the way, advocating and I because I'm not against the uh, the idea of identity politics, because advocating for the middle class is in and of itself a form of idpol. It is in and of itself a form of identity politics, not racial politics, but a form of identity. You are taking an identity and advocating on their behalf, um, and so there's not really anything necessarily wrong with that. It's really what the outcome is that but we're that's trying the to get only for the identity I care about. And that's fair. That's the only one you care about. And there are, there are others yeah. who have ones that they care about. Dan, what, let's go with one more and then we can we can wrap things up because we're coming up on two hours. Okay, if we got to wrap up on one more, I'm going to go with uh, Melissa Teams asked, and she said, this is a deal breaker. So whatever you guys say here is going to determine the winner, I suppose. She said, uh, who was the best Spice Girl? This is a deal breaker. So take it scary away. Scary Spice. Oh, man. Yeah, Scary. 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 Yeah, wow. I, it's scary. You yeah, no. Tell, you can tell what kind of people Spike and I are. <laughs> what, what Spice Girl we like the most. <laughs> yeah, no, scary. I, I don't think it's – I personally not even interested in the other ones, honestly. No. The only well, one I mean, I I'm, I'm happily married. I'm not interested in any of them, but I'm, I'd neither – none of them uh, take my fancy. For sure. So- Right so do we, do we want to do a quick recap, if we can, to uh, point at the different things that you guys agreed on through sure. this? Yeah. Go. Do you want to do you want to do that, Dan? I I, I don't have them written down, <laughs> but okay. uh, I just think it'd be a good way to wrap the conversation by yeah. pointing out, you know, the, so, the middle uh, ground. So so I will start with this, and then I will let Chris finish, and then I'll 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 wrap up after that. Um, I'll let Chris have to have the last word. I think what we largely agreed on. And Chris can correct me where he thinks I'm wrong. I think where we largely agreed is that government largely is a bad actor when it comes to getting involved in the the lives and rights and properties of the American people. Um, and that, you know, the less involved government is, um, the better off we, the outcomes will be for the American people, especially the most, the common American people, the middle class, the working class, the poor and so forth, the, the, the people that are the marginalized communities and everything else, the, the, those with the least will do better uh, in a system whereby the most powerful people have less control of their lives. I think where we disagree, and this is in my opinion, is where I think that Chris may be applying it uh, inconsistently, where he is against government being involved in, you know, believes that government is largely a bad actor, but then that government policies in certain arenas would make those things better as opposed to just getting them out entirely. And whether it's on policing or whether it's on, uh, you know, community problems or crime or whether it's on trade or, or immigration or anything else that, you know, I, I believe that because government is a bad actor, they should just be as little involved, preferably not involved at all as possible. Whereas Chris believes that there is a better implementation that could happen uh, in order to make uh, these same politicians and same policies uh, fair and, and, and better for uh, the people who need it the most. And and then I'll, I'll let yeah. Chris kind of kind of wrap it fair. up. That's totally fair. And and uh, but what I would say to that is I would love the way you want it to be. But the reality is that we do have policy, and we I mean even Trump himself. I'm going to uh, slash regulations left and right. And you know there's a lot of people who are still saying he didn't do nearly enough, dude. And I'm probably one of those guys, but he did something. So that's all I'm looking at. He did something towards that level. He did something towards the free trade stuff. But like, you know, it's like we can talk about how how bad government is all the time. But it's like who's willing to do a few things that are good, just a 
few things. That's all you need to do. You convince me you can do a few things in four years and you got my vote. Because every other freaking uh, party just lip service, lip service, lip service. Trump comes in here and says, well, I'm going to do, do these three things that nobody's been talking about for 30, 40 years. And he wins the damn presidency, of course, by doing that. And so I just want more of that. I want more. So you're saying all Spike has to do is a few good things and he's got your vote. Like I've, like three, like, yeah, like three big things that, okay, that I, are like, you know, immigration, trade, and uh, tax and regulation of businesses. I'm Those three do, things are, are, are it. We're going to do more than three big things, not just on those, but on everything else. And yeah. uh, before I let you guys go, Chris, what do you want to plug before we go? What do you want to plug? What's going on? Um, we, got, we just dropped a new record uh, July 3rd. That's uh, called Shadow Work. Check it out. Spotify or Pandora or whatever. Um, you know, we love we love coming out and playing live for for fans and and for new fans and all that good stuff. And um, love. And I'm 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 stoked at all the all libertarians that that uh, heard tonight's show and and to to both of you for having me on. I appreciate you. And we should definitely do this again, man. Yeah, that was fun. I was I had a good time. Dan, what? Tell us what you want to plug, and then I will I'll wrap things up on our side. Sure thing. My show is called The System is Down. We talk about uh, all the uncomfortable topics like conspiracies, politics, and religion. We do so in a civil manner uh, to change the world one uncomfortable conversation at a time and uh, be humans with each other. You can check that out at tsidpod.com. And Spike, thanks so much for having me. And Chris, it was awesome chatting with you, man. Right on, brother. And Very also, cool. by the way, if guys, if you like our... Jorgensen Cohen videos are viral videos. Dan Smold is the guy who does Dan Smots. I'm sorry, I forget which yeah. name we're doing. Dan is the one who makes all those. Don't use my slave name. He, yeah, don't use. Uh, sorry, Dan Smots. It's much better uh, than Smolt is uh, is the one who made all of that. He is a freaking wizard, and I have nothing but good things to say about him. And I fully intend to use as much of his services as possible until he prices himself out of the market because he's just become so fantastic that I can't even afford him anymore. So, folks, thanks again for tuning yeah. into my fellow Americans. Thank you, Dan and Chris, uh, for being on the show, uh, folks. I'm going to be uh, flying out to Chicago on uh, uh, Sunday morning. Actually, I'm going to be doing a, a bunch of events in the Illinois, in Chicago, in spring field in peoria uh and i will be back here on muddy waters media on tuesday for the muddy waters of freedom where matt wright and i parse through the week's news like the sweet summer boys that we are and then tune in again next week on wednesday possibly for my fellow americans i honestly i'm going to be out of town i may not do one uh if i do then i will and if not then i will see you uh the week after and folks thanks again for tuning in and remember you are the power god bless guys
though I view the world through another's eyes. If you slide in my kicks, it might fit. We might just unite and come together and become hybrid. At the least, slightly like-minded. Indeed, the life I've lived brings light to kindness. All you need is a sign. Put a cease to the crimes. Put an ease to the minds like mine. Sometimes darkness is all I find. You know what they say about an eye for an eye in a time with the blind be the blind. Who am I to deny I would cry when a loved one dies? I recognize that body outside with a hole in the body that was alive. Now they find the chalk outline. Find out how, but you never know why. It ain't even making to the news at night. It ain't even making to the news at night. That's what sister, mother, father, brother, son. That's one of mine. All these tears, I close my eyes. Open up the only find. I'm in line. 